24-7. You're listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys Show on WRSC with Big Chuck, Sackman, and Senor D. How's everybody doing? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio. And like the intro said, you are listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys show. <laughs> we got a great show for you guys today. As you can hear, we have Sackman here in the studio with me. We got a great show for you guys today. First, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears meltdown against the Detroit Ooh. Lions. After that... A couple weeks ago, we talked about some of the best teams in the league and who we thought were contenders. This week, we're going to talk about the bottom of the league and what we think they should be doing in the offseason. Sackley's ah! <laughs> created sound effects now. He's yeah. upgraded, dude. First, Sackley, let's start off with the Chicago Bears performance. Close game with the Lions, but the Lions give the Bears every chance to win this game. What happened? Well... If there's any positive to come out of this game, at least we know without a shadow of a doubt, without a sliver of a doubt, without any sort of second thinking or anything, we know that the reason why this team is terrible is simply because we have no coaching staff. We This may be the worst coaching staff I have ever seen. I, me and Chuck have been on a team. They went 0-4. <laughs> and I would, at this point, take that coaching staff and Tony Schiffman over this team, over this coaching staff that the Chicago Bears currently have. I mean, through 55 minutes, we look solid. Uh, I disagree with going with kicking the field goal on fourth and one when we've ran for 200 yards. Uh, I don't really understand why we ran Khalil Herbert 18 times when he was averaging two yards a carry and Roshan was averaging eight. What I really don't understand is, for whatever reason, why we decided to go into a very soft zone prevent when the Lions got the ball down t- only 12 with five minutes left. Uh, I really don't understand that. And then we play a soft zone against Jameson uh, Williams, who's a speed demon, and he gets behind our slow aging safety. Who doesn't even look like he knows what's going on in that yeah, play. Didn't... If you watch that play, he's not paying attention. So now we have a defense that you know, still can't get up to the passer, and we're playing prevent, and there's still five minutes left. And then <laughs> we get the ball back. Genius that is Luke Getzey. And the absolute mastermind that is Luke Getzey. <laughs> I'm surprised we just didn't run it three times, to be honest. <laughs> I'm surprised we just didn't run, like, fullback dive the Blossom game. I mean, maybe Justin pulled a so, Kenny Pickett. You know? So, Herbert hasn't ran the ball well all game. It was bad. The O-line did not play well. Y- you could say that they played well because the stats looked nice. That was more so just Fields just being a dog. Mm -hmm. Like, Fields just dropped his sack and just went nuts. So we run – when we did run the ball decently with our running backs, it was because we ran behind. More so outside with Fields getting out, or we ran to the left behind Tevin Jenkins and Braxton Jones, our only two good offensive linemen, really, other than Darnell Wright. But, no, this is what we do. Back-to-back, inside zone to the A-gap behind our third-string center – who looked like he was just trying to find where his zins were on the sideline and had no clue for a quarter and a half when to snap the ball. Had no clue. And behind our almighty right guard, Nate Davis, <laughs> who made Aleem McNeil and that guy they just signed from the Cowboys. He's got a weird last name. Let me look him up right now. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen. It was like, it, it sounded like a name out of like 
He sounded like he played for like the SCLCU Mud Dogs in like the Adam Sandler movie Waterboy. Quentin Bohanna. So who you yes, of? Bohanna, <laughs> who made Bohanna look like Vince Prime Vince Woolfork. We run behind those two back to back plays. And then when Fields has, you know, when we get the ball to DJ Moore, it's literally. 10-plus yards every single time, even if we threw a behind-the-line-of-scrimmage screen pass. He's getting 15 yards. We throw to Tyler Scott, who misjudges the ball terribly. And let's it fall incomplete after fumbling earlier in the game. And then we get back right to the def- right to the offense and continue to play soft zone where Montez Sweat, the guy we traded a second-round pick for, a guy we gave $98 million, wasn't on the field. Because Travis Smith likes to platoon guys, like Matt Eberflus said in the post-game press conference. So, even Alex Anzalone, and because he was trying to head-target all of our players, Alex Analzone, even he said, yeah, I don't know why this team's bad. Like, they have two really good linebackers, they have a good secondary... The offensive line's solid. They could run the ball. They have a good quarterback, DJ Moore. I really don't know why this team is that bad. It's At least we now know why. We have clarity. It's the coaching staff, mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I mean, when watching this game, the Lions gave the Bears every single opportunity to win this football game. They turned it over four times. Four times. They fumbled a kickoff. That is one of the most rare plays there is. This this might have been the worst game Jared Goff has had in four years. This is the worst game he had since that Sunday night against us when he had five picks. Mm-hmm. And it's not to the fault of the Bears. And there's a couple things that were to the fault of the Bears. When watching that last throw that Justin Fields had, not only did Tyler Scott not – or he misjudged the ball, but he you see him like stop running his route after that because yeah. he doesn't think he's getting the ball. And – if I have to say any apologies to Luke Getze is that Tyler Scott deserves more more touches. Because after watching that and the fumbles that he's had in the past couple weeks, it I we don't have any talent at this receiver group besides DJ Moore. Mooney just doesn't – I love Mooney. I love him to death. But he just doesn't do anything anymore. One catch in this game. One target. Mm-hmm. We don't throw to Komet enough. We really don't. We need to throw it to him more. Especially since we paid him. You know, like, you might and well when we throw it to him, good stuff happens. Like, he's had a very good year, and then we just have games where he gets, like, one target. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we scheme up a play where we, let's get the ball to Cole? He's athletic. He can run. He's good in contested catches. He's a beast. He's one of the top ten tight ends in the league, in my opinion. That's a lot of the tight ends in the league, the best ones in the league. What they do well and what their coaches do well is set them up <laughs> for success when the quarterback is out of the pocket. And the Bears just do not set up Cole Komet for success when the quarterback is out of the pocket. Nope. That is the biggest issue I see with that. And that is absurd to me because the Bears are 99% of the time out of the pocket because the O-line can't block. Yep. So why is Cole Komet, Cole, Cole Komet not just tethered to Justin Fields, basically? It should be a security blanket. Exactly. Kind he, of, they did that a little bit with Bajan, and they won't do it with Fields. They just hate Fields. They hate Fields. They hate him. <laughs> they, hate him. They, they, they are preying on his downfall. They hate Justin Fields. Like, if Justin Fields, after the season said, like, you know, lit up a Bears jersey on fire and said, trade me, I wouldn't be mad at him. They hate Fields. Well, the Bears they wouldn't be mad at him. <laughs> they hate, they have a death wish for Justin Fields. Like, you remember last year when, like, he started running the ball a little bit, this and it gets, he was like, okay, every second play is going to be a quarterback sweep. 
Fields is like, my shoulder hurts. He's like, nope, you're running another three more times, Justin. Because apparently that's the only thing that I know that works, so I can't try anything else. Like, we oh, poor Fields. Fields had a good game. Mm-hmm. One takeaway is that Fields was a dog in this game. I mean, 74 QBR, 16 to 20, you average seven yards a pass, a couple drop passes. I mean, whenever we threw it, it was successful. Running, obviously, he was fantastic. He had to because no one else could run mm-hmm. other than – because Foreman was 6 for 14, got hurt, 2 yards a carry. Phil Herbert, 16 for 35, 2 yards a carry. Say so he had to run because we couldn't run it normally. We had to rely on just him just being a beast of a man. I mean, other than that, there really isn't any positives. Moore had a good game. We love to see that. He's very good when you give him the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we talked about it before the show a little bit, but for 99% of that game... Um, Darnell Wright had a pretty oh, yeah. pretty he, good performance. He smacked around Aiden Hutchinson. Besides that last play that ended the game, which was that, that was, was horrendous. A, that was an embarrassing play for for him. Yeah, he's getting his he's getting torn out in film for yeah. that. That and we had four takeaways. DJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, both had picks. Love to see it. And Tyreek Stevenson had his best game of the season. Mm-hmm. Forced that fumble on the kickoff. Had a pick. Almost dropped it. Had a pick. J- Jalen Johnson had two pick sixes if he decided to catch the ball. That was the other, so we could have had five pick or f- five picks in this game, six turnovers. If you want to get paid big money, Jalen Johnson, those are plays you need to make. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like you literally, you did like a Kyle Fuller. You dropped a pick six. Both of them. Both of both them, could them have been were pick sixes. pick sixes, and you dropped both. And then you're probably gonna get hurt next game, knowing <laughs> you. So if you ever wonder why we haven't given you a contract extension yet, that's why. Mm-hmm. Those are plays that simply need to be made. We've had many of those this year. Week two, second play of the game when Javon Brisker drops a pick six, we would have won that game. Like when we don't have a pass rush, so oftentimes quarterbacks are comfortable. They're slinging it. They have time. So when they do give us one, we need to take it. Mm-hmm. You 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 have to. Those are that's game changers. And then if you're Jalen Johnson, you're sitting at home and you're wondering why Montez Sweat got a giant contract a week after he was traded for, that's why. Because he's proven he can make plays this season. Yeah, when he, he was a, in he Washington. He had a sack in this game. We just didn't have him on the field that much. Exactly. That's he not only played his 63% of our snaps in this game. Which is absurd because who else? We don't we have anyone else. Ngakwe's terrible at this point. Awful. He had zero stats in this game. Basically zero stats. We don't even play Dominique Robinson anymore, so I can't even say him. Demarcus Walker, I have a new name for him. Bum Walker. That's what I'm calling him. He's relegated. Marcus Walker, you have officially been relegated. $21 million, and you can't do anything. You got a sack and a half on the season. We brought you in to be our starting defensive end. Three technique and pass rush. You're such a great pass rusher somehow, some way. And I haven't heard your name really since the Minnesota game. You see a half a sack there. Rasheem Green has made more of an impression on me this season than Demarcus Walker. Has. He's like this generation's Israel Donaghy, because he at least can like block kicks. He looks intimidating, and like he just randomly pops off. I'm fine with Rasheem Green. He's the only other edge player this year that has like made me happy. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's 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 just not good. Yeah. Th- this game, it really to to your point uh, about how. It just proves it was the coaching staff. To kind of go off of that, 
we were talking again before the show about all these other offenses in the league. And you look at the team that we played during this game. What they do to make players' talents show more in their offensive scheme is what the Bears need to be doing. That, but, and they just make the defenses think. Mm-hmm. They make them like pause for a second. They make them react. Like you saw three times. Brian Branch just walking, chilling. He gets up by the line of scrimmage, and then he just off the ball just sprints into the backfield and tackles our running back six yards behind the line of scrimmage before he even has the ball in his hands. Like, he didn't have to look at anything. He didn't have to pause. Anything. Like, when we were going against that Lions offense, the way they're motioning all the receivers, they bring out the three receivers, and then they'll bring them in do condensed formation or have them wide out and then run it, and run power really, any type of plays on the card. And then they bring in all the tight ends and they throw a deep ball. Or like they're very run heavy personnel and they'll do like you know, they'll throw it usually. And like they're always guessing. And then of course when they have four receivers and they have to throw around, they're gonna pass it, then you think they're running, they're passing it. Thus, it's like we're so predictable. Mm-hmm. Whenever we do motion, it's like we motion blossom game out to receiver. We motion foreman out to receiver. Tyler Scott runs behind the quarterback. What are they gonna do? <laughs> like like I Scott doesn't like to me. Doesn't I haven't seen a single like positive thing because he's small, can't really. He doesn't even seem that fast really, and he doesn't have great hands. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't showed me anything when it comes to him, and it's just like, it just comes down to whether or not we just outmuscle them and execute. It's never hey the coaching great play, great drawn up play. It's just we have to go execute. Mm-hmm. It's like. Kind of like you know how Brandon Staley is with his defense. They're always confused. It's like that's that's basically us. Mm-hmm. We never make a defense like that. We never do. Yeah. And then when, when when offenses are doing that type of thing, that's why the Bears go into soft zones. Because they don't trust their defense to be able to read those offenses. So you look at the other side of the ball, and our defense isn't smart either. Or they yeah. don't or at least our coaching staff doesn't think they're smart. No, we got a bunch of guys who are better suited playing, you know, man coverage, press, be physical, and we play soft zone with them. Mm-hmm. That's their strength. That's Stevenson's strength is his physicality. Yeah, he really hasn't shown me much. Like he will, he's a very good tackler for a corner. I'll give him credit. Very good tackler. Very physical. Very, he's good with helping and run support. Very good with that. But when it comes to just straight coverage and like thinking, not the best. Johnson likes to be physical. He was mentored by all the old Bears. The Fullers, the, you know, Roquans, Max, he's from that era. He likes to be physical. And then, you know, Brisker plays with a death wish every week. <laughs> We're making him backpedal and think and cover the whole field. It's just it's just not ideal. Yeah. yeah. When the smartest person on your defense is Eddie Jackson, <coughs> you got an issue. Because Whew. when you watch Eddie Jackson in coverage – it gives me a brain aneurysm. When he's not in man, like he's always been very like we played mm-hmm. him at slot corner a few years ago, like for the whole season. Mm-hmm. When he has to like actually think, it's kind of rough. He could do that back when we had Vic Fangio and Mac and Hicks, and because the quarterback would just throw up a wheeler and be scared, he can just cut cut up, uh, cut through or mm-hmm. jump in front of routes. When, whenever other people took the attention away from him. When he yeah. was, didn't have to be the star player. When he has to be, you know, the main guy back there, it's not very pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, that the touchdown to Jameson Williams literally looked like it was cover three. The way that he was covering it, and then you see the wide view and see that he, that was his zone the entire time. Was well, exactly William, where Jalen... Williams stinks. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> Go back to what you were saying. Well, like, to, your, to that, 
he, that's not that great of a receiver. Like he had, he had ten catches coming into the game. <laughs> but he was a first round pick. Yeah. Like he can only run a goal route. That's basically it. He's like a. You want McDonald's when you're a little kid? He's like, yeah, we were Tyreek Hill at home. <laughs> not good. Yeah. It, you want like a real burger, and you get like the microwavable ones from like the gas station that you had at home in the back of the freezer. <laughs> that's what he is. He's he's the Will Fuller, you know. That's that's yeah. what I get. Not even. <laughs> Will Fuller at least had a couple of years. Where... At least he had a couple of games where he just went off. <laughs> just then randomly. was out for the rest of the season. Um, let let's move on from this game and kind of talk about the future of the Chicago Bears and what this game is indicative of. For our next segment, we wanted to give each team kind of an off-season plan. For the Bears, the number one step in the off-season plan. And what I had written down was fire the coaching staff. Do you, do you agree? Is that the first thing that needs oh, to yeah, happen? Oh, yeah, they're going straight to – they're not even relegated. They're execution. <laughs> they're gone. I'd fire Poles too. He's not impressed me at all. He traded a first-round pick for Chase Claypool. He brought in Nate Davis, $30 million. He brought in Demarcus Walker, $21 million. He opted to go with Cody – I love Cody Whitehair. This is no disrespect to Cody Whitehair. This is more uh, – on this Ryan is on Pulse. the Ryan Pulse. He thought that he was going to be our center. We have no center. How do you have a good offensive line in the north where you have to run the ball? It's 20 degrees outside when you don't have a center. We have Patrick, who's like old, injury prone, might have what Theo Vaughn talks about. <laughs> and then now we have Dan Feeney. Not good. That, I really felt really hurt us, especially in the beginning of the year when both of them couldn't snap. I mean, that was kind of weird. We've, I guarantee you, if they keep this metric, we have the most bad snaps in the NFL where the quarterback has to jump. That, I mean, he just neglected the D-line until the trade deadline. He hasn't built a good team. Mm-hmm. This draft really hasn't impressed. We were the worst team in the league. We thought we were going to have a massive draft. Who's played well in this year's draft, really? Roshan Johnson when they give him shots. They never play him. <laughs> Pickens, I love him, but I haven't seen anything from him. Gervon, okay. If you want to be really optimistic, you flash here and flash there. Wright's a good tackle. He hit he hit it on that pick, but we had to trade down to get him. It's not fun. Should have picked Jalen Carter. And drafted a, and Who is fun? <laughs> and signed a tackle in free agency, which would have been real nice. Because now you don't have a rookie in a second year protecting your young quarterback. Uh, then when the left tackle gets hurt, and then you got a third-year guy that's rough. Not the greatest. So, yeah, there's that. So I would really – I would fire Eberflus and the whole staff. I'd fire Poles. Personally, what I would do – pray on the Bills downfall get Sean McDermott, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'd either get Ben Johnson or I'd get Brian Flores. That's who I'm going for. You, you do that. Personally, Fields is the guy. We all know he's talented enough. We all know we all he passes the eye test. We all know he's talented enough. He's getting break. If he got stayed healthy this year, he would have broke all of our passing records. He broke all of our rushing records last year. He's talented enough. Mm-hmm. He's gonna. We can all tell. We all know deep down. We watched him at Ohio State. We watched him here. We've seen him do it. There's no point in getting a quarterback. What I would do is I'd go get a Marvin Harrison and I'd go get an Olu Fashonu and I'd sign a bunch of edge rushers. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, go, going back to the coaching staff, you had mentioned Ben Johnson. You had mentioned <coughs> Brian Flores. 
out of those two, which one would you prefer to have? And then what? how much does experience, head coach experience, come into play when you were choosing a head coach or if you were choosing a head coach for this team? Well, you look at it, three out of our last four coaches have been guys who have never had head coaching experience that were offensive-minded guys. So you got Tressman, you got Nagy, and then Evers didn't have any experience. He falls into that category. So I, I would, at this point, prefer a guy that has experience. I'm fine with Ben Johnson because the brilliance that we see him do every week. But I feel with Brian Flores, Brian Flores, you see what he's done with the Vikings defense. If he got his hands on, you know, Edmonds and Edwards and Montez Sweat, some of the, you know, Billings is solid. Gerbon's going to be solid. You get another another edge rusher. You have the young corners resign Johnson. Tell me he can't make a top five defense out of that. Mm-hmm. He had a top five defense in Miami when he didn't even have all the guys they have now. When they had Nick Needham and Andrew Van Ginkle was their best players and Jerome Baker. Like he made a, a very he that was a top ten defense out of those. And he has it. He likes big athletic quarterbacks. He won Justin Herbert. Fields is kind of similar in that he's bigger, he can move. He didn't like Tua. If he just finds the right offensive coordinator, we'd be set. Personally, I love the system Minnesota runs. Get one of the guys from Minnesota to be your offensive coordinator, and we'd be set. Looking at an interesting year in college football this year in regards to head coaches, oh. would you go digging in college football? I would get Jim Hart. I forgot about that. You're such a smart guy. <laughs> Ladies, Chuck, Chuck Houston is the smartest man I've ever met. Best radio host in the country by far. He carries me every week. I appreciate you, buddy. I would get Jim Harbaugh in a blink of an eye. I don't care how much money it takes. We got it. We'll build a new stadium. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I would get Jim Harbaugh. If we get Harbaugh, we'd be scary. Mm-hmm. Do you see, and this this would be more of a long shot, definitely. Do you see any shot that if the Bears go out, get Caleb Williams, that Lincoln Riley's coming to Chicago at all? I don't really want that. I don't want either one of them. Caleb Williams is not tough enough to be in Chicago. The painted fingernails and crying on his mom's shoulder. Imagine how he feels when it's like 20, it's 20 degrees outside. We lose by 17 to the Packers. And like the only thing at the stadium to eat is a bratwurst. He's not going to survive. He got sacked like six times. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Kind of going off of that, let's, let's go back to the Bears. What is Justin Fields' future right now to you? And if you were the Bears, depending on what you do at head coach, does that change the decision you make with Justin Fields this offseason? I could see why the head coaching would make a change, but I want to keep him. He's shown that he can be our guy. If we if we go have drafting our quarterback, then we have to start all over again. I don't know, unless if the asking price is real high and we get it, we get that. Like if we get I saw one trade, it was like you give the Rams um fields and we get Sean McVay, which <laughs> I would take that. Don't know if that would happen, but I'd take it. <laughs> or if we do get like a first rounder from like Atlanta for Fields, I'd take it. Cause then <clears throat> I also saw a situation where we get we just stock up at like receiver and O line or O line D line with our first two picks, then with that third first round pick we would get. We would draft like Bo Nix because he's like experienced and like he has like a legion around him with mm-hmm. Moore, Marvin Harrison, Tevin, Olufashonu, and Darnell Wright. 
and like another running back and Komet. So it's just like, how could he not be bad mm-hmm. or good? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We when it comes to Fields being on the team, twenty twenty four really has to be decided in our last six games, mm-hmm. which I hope he balls out. Yeah, I mean, watching this last game. My my biggest thing was seeing the adversity or how he would come back from adversity coming off this injury, oh, yeah. and he looked fantastic that, against the Lions. He had less than he was on the road, very good team, solid defense, issues up front, the center, and then the line just didn't play well. Yeah, I mean, he looked legit. Mm-hmm. He ran it well. I ran a little too much, but that's not his fault. If they call the plays, or if the O line's not blocking, what yeah. are you? What else are you supposed to do? Get hit. <laughs> He didn't turn it over. He played well. Mm-hmm. Technically, he turned it over the fumble. I'm not counting Again, that fumble. That was Darnell Wright's fumble. If I'm going to be completely honest. He took like one step and then he was sacked. Uh-huh. And then Darnell Wright made the worst attempt at picking up the football. Darnell Wright just said, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I've had enough. Yeah. Um, Kind of looking beyond the draft. Uh, you had talked about that a little bit with Marvin Harrison and all of that. Uh, the Bears are going to have $67 million in cap space, about $57 million in uh, caps, in expected cap space after re-signings, all of that cuts. Um, who do you target in this free agency class so far? First, I'm going edge rusher, or D-line. So, uh, let's see, who's a free agent this year? I mean, D-line-wise, the biggest name potentially could be Chris Jones. Going to that, he signed the one-year deal to play this year. He could get franchise tagged by the Chiefs, but there's a shot he's on the market. We do need a three technique. So, is that something that currently where the Bears are at, and depending on what they do in the draft, is that really an option for you, or do you say wait on something like that, that type of talent, and still build young? What what's what are the? I want to win now. We've been the worst team in the league for the last two years. I'm tired of this. We don't we don't draft good young guys. I'll take a proven veteran over a young guy any day of the week. Let's get Daniel Hunter in here. Steal him from the Vikings. They don't want to resign him for whatever reason. Steal him from the Vikings. Now you get him in sweat. Sound a guy like Carl Lawson or Bryce Huff to be the third D end. And the Jets. They're both free agents, I believe. Uh, then you go out. I'm fine with Billings and Gervon at nose. Solid duo at nose. I could I could live with Justin Jones for another year at three technique if we got these good defensive ends. Ever since Sweat's been here, Jones looks formidable. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with him. I'm coming around on Jones. Maybe I'm just mean. <laughs> that or you just go out and either draft a three technique high, get someone like um one of the guys from UCLA. They have a really good three technique. I forgot his name, but. Well, they, they have the edge, Laiatu, Laiatu. Yeah. That wouldn't be yeah, a bad option. Ah, that's who it was. Jerzon Newton from Illinois. He's a beast. I watched him play at Illinois. He's a, he's a beast. Hometown guy. Go get him. Mm-hmm. He's very athletic. If the if our pick, if we went rattle off a couple wins and it's a little farther back, I'm fine with us picking him. Get him and Olu or uh, Marvin Harrison. I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, last question here with the Chicago Bears. How many pieces away are the Bears from competing? You said you wanted to go win now mode. How many more pieces does this team need for them to get into that? We're above tackle, a center, another pass rusher, and one receiver. 
from realistically being able to win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. That and just coaching, which is the hardest part for us to find, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then what what pieces are you expecting the Bears to lose this offseason that might add on to that total or take away from that total? Uh, well, in terms of free agents, I think Mooney's probably out the door, but at, that, at this point it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, we definitely lose Foreman. I don't think we bring him back. We really don't have any big free agent. The only big one is Jalen Johnson. I wouldn't be surprised if he left. I would resign him personally. Are, are there um, any guys that may not be free agents right now, but are you expecting to be free agents come the off season by way of getting the Bears getting rid of them? Oh, Whitehair will be gone. Jackson will be gone. Which Whitehair at this point's a backup, so that's fine. <laughs> Jackson is. Oh, uh, then maybe a bum walker. And, fingers crossed, Vilas Jones. <laughs> I was watching the news this night, and uh, they were giving the migrants in Chicago food, and it was uh, Vilas Jones that was handing out the food. And I was like, these poor migrants have come to America, and now they're giving – Vilas Jones is giving them food. They're, he probably either dropped it on the floor, then put it back onto the plate, he probably fumbled it. He might have. He looks weird. So when he probably spits when he talks, so there's probably some spit on there as well. So yeah, they will probably be returning to Venezuela pretty soon. I really hope Vilas Jones never hears our show because he would come out here and kick your butt so fast. <laughs> 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 poor migrants. <laughs> All right, folks, let's move on to our next team that we wanted to talk about. It's a team that the Bears also own their pick, probably the worst team in the league. The reason the Bears are going to have the number one overall pick, you're awful, exactly, the Carolina Panthers. Looking at their season so far, like I said, they're 1-7. They most definitely are the worst team in the league, especially after these past couple of weeks. Bryce Young has disappointed so far especially in comparison to a lot of the other rookies that have played, even guys like Tommy DeVito, who had himself a heck of a game. We'll talk about the Giants. Tony Soprano. <laughs> um, well, what did you expect out of Bryce Young going into this season? It's more so the team. I thought this team was going to fight for the division title. I was like, okay, they got Bryce Young. The old line was solid last year. They won seven games. They weren't your usual number one overall pick. They won seven games. They're one game away. They beat the Buccaneers in week 17. They go to the playoffs. That was a win in your end game. They played very well the last 12 weeks of the season. They were 6-6. Six and six. Solid wins. So they returned that run game plus Miles Sanders. The offensive line was young from last year. They returned everybody. They got, you know, Thielen, who had a... It's had a very good year. Chark, Jonathan Mingo, Hayden Hurst. Defense was good last year. I thought this was a team that could easily go 10-7 and seven, win this division. And they are by far the worst football team I've ever seen. <laughs> like, this sounds, this doesn't really sound professional, but like, this team is just terrible. There's not a single thing this team does well. Like, they're... They're what they're one and nine now. They averaged ninety three yards a game rushing, which is bottom five. Passing wise, 
They're barely, barely averaging 200 yards a game. Pretty much just because Andy Dalton had that one game where the Red Rifle was Red Rifling. He, it was like prime 2011 Andy Dalton. I mean, their best receiver is Adam Thielen, who we thought was going to have a bad year. He's 33. He's their best receiver. They signed Miles Sanders to pretty solid money for a running back. He's averaging 3.3 yards per carry. The offensive line is not good. Not good at all. I thought they were going to be good. They were a young group. Ike McWanu, Bradley Bozeman, Taylor Moten. Guards were decent. They're bad. They are not a good offensive line. Like the Bear, They made the Bears' defensive line look fantastic. I think the Panthers are by far the worst offensive line in the league. Uh, it's bad. Bryce Young has been sacked 36 times so far, and Andy Dolan was sacked three times in the one game he's played. That's 39 total sacks in the season, and there's still seven games left to play. Sheesh. That is atrocious. Like, this team is terrible. Like, Bryce Young looks – it's not all his fault. He's off to – technically, he's off to a better start than Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I'm not pinning it all on him, but, man, he looks like he has a noodle arm. We know he didn't have, like, the strongest of arms. It was very more so location and, like – Every time I watch him play, it's just like I'm watching like a 15 year old out there, and he's like he has no old line. Like there wasn't a, when we played them, there wasn't a single player where I was like, "Wow, number one overall pick right there." Like he just looks bad out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't help. That he has no run game, no old line, and a shoddy receiver core. Do you think if you give him a little bit more in this off season, and we'll get to their plan? Do you think? that kind of makes this season look like an adjustment period? Or do you think we see more of what we've seen so far this season in the future? What What is the ceiling for Bryce Young after what you've seen so far this year? He has such bad stuff around him, I can't make a judgment. But, like, they need a lot, and they don't have the picks to do it. So they're going to have to get real creative. David Tepper's not patient. So I don't think Frank Wright's coming back. And if realistically, I think they're going to go 1-16. If you go 1-16, you can't bring him back. You really can't. That's arguably, other than the Detroit Lions and Cleveland Browns, that's the worst season we've had in modern football. Probably worse since, like, the 88 Cowboys that went 1-15. I can't remember last time there was a one-win team. It was before 2010. Oh, I'm sorry, 2016 Browns. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's been a while since there's been a one-win team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's rough. Their defense is okay at times. But with their defense, they've only had eight turnovers. There's not a lot of teams that are matching that yeah. in regards to well, the, the bottom of the league. Well, the thing is, teams are always up because their mm-hmm. offense is so bad. So they don't have to take risks and throw the ball and la-di-da. Plus, Burns has been hurt. And they got solid guys. Frankie Louvu, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Shai Tuttle, DiCaprio mm-hmm. Boodle. <laughs> I just wanted to say that name. It's the best name I've ever heard. I hope he has a great career. Um, out, out of those guys you've named, my next question was going to be, what pieces on this Panthers team are realistically worth building around? Burns. What? Burns. Bryce Young. I guess I can make one new, but he struggles a lot. But he's just – maybe it's like an Andrew Thomas situation. Mm-hmm. He's that good of an athlete. Jeremy Chin is still young and fun. Derek Brown is solid. 
That's a solid defensive lineman. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, going into this offseason, talking about their offseason plan, what pieces on this team need to be moved? What what are what are the changes you're making this offseason, either by letting people go, trading people? What what changes need to be made to make this team what people were expecting it to be this year? The only player worth trading is Brian Burns, but they're not trading him. So it's just basically we got to get these guys out the door and we got to bring new guys in somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm looking at it. You, you said that the Panthers aren't trading him. If you were the GM, would you trade him? At this point, we're so bad. It's like we need to get, we need to acquire picks somehow. So, I would trade him. Yeah, that's kind of one of my points I had on the office season plan, and you've hit on it right there. Was that they need to get back in this first round? They have somehow some. They got to get him a receiver, whether it's trading for Devontae Adams or something like that. Cause he's a guy probably wants out of Las Vegas. Even though I don't think he'd be <laughs> much happier in Carolina. Yeah, he really wouldn't be. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> um. And if they do have to get back in this first round, you said Brian Burns is the biggest piece. Do you think he's worth players in the first round of this draft? And do you, where do you think he would end up? What teams would trade for him and be willing to give up their first round pick? Well, he's on a big deal too. So mm-hmm. that's the team that has cap, cap space. space. I mean, you look at it. <sighs> Man, I mean, the Bears would make sense, but I don't think we're going to do that again. I really don't really want to either. Yeah, I'd rather keep our picks yeah. if I'm the Bears. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe like a team like... um. There really isn't a good pick. I mean, maybe scroll down a little more on the draft order. My thing is that if we scroll down any more on the draft order, I had the I would say the, like... the Cardinals would trade their second yeah. first rounder to get him. But would the Panthers be willing to take? Is that high enough for them to be willing to give up a guy like Brian Burns? How how good is Brian Burns to you? First round, the fourth. I'm I'm not I'm not really on the Brian Burns hype train. Everyone always talks about he's so good. Mm-hmm. Like he's nine ten sacks a year, solid player, athletic. Doesn't raise the needle for me. Mm-hmm. So I give him a first and a fourth. Yeah. I'll start with just a first. They say no, then I'll give them a fourth. The teams that I'm looking at that I think would be willing to get a guy like Brian Burns, I, I would move back into that 9, 10, 11 range. There's three teams there that we're looking at, 8, 9, 10, 11, even 7, even 6. So like teams like the Titans who – They're may... dumb enough to do it. That's exactly what They're I, dumb I, enough I was to going do it. To. But then there's other teams that – maybe aren't as bad as their pick says they are and have proven in the past three years that they could be playoff contenders at least. That's teams like the Packers who may be looking for a second guy next to Rashawn Gary. That would eat up a lot of their cap space. That's the only reason they probably want it. There's teams like the Atlanta Falcons who are probably going to be buying a lot this offseason. The only problem with that is that they're in the same division as Carolina. There's a team like Washington who has been playing well at points in this season and just – let go of their other guys because they didn't want to pay him. So if you bring in a guy who's already paid, that's what I was thinking. Intriguing. But I was like, they just need young talent. Yeah, they should probably keep that pick. Yeah. Um, and then the last team that I'm looking at here, <laughs> and they definitely need to kind of build up a lot of their offensive line. 
but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have looked a little competitive this season and would be willing to look for a pass rusher now that a lot of their pass rushers are starting to get up in age. Yeah. So there's there's teams that I think would be willing to trade a top 15 overall pick. It's whether the Panthers are willing to do that. I think that's kind of your point, that they love Brian Burns. They love him. If I were them, I wouldn't. I mean, I, not that he's like a bad player or anything, but he's not worth all this fuss that you've been giving him. Yeah. and He's, that, not, he's not worth it. Exactly. You've been bad with him for five years now, so. There's pass rusher, while it is one of the most important positions in the league, it's also a deep position in the league. People find pass rushers everywhere. Yeah. It's except not except for thing. the Chicago Bears. Yeah, except for the Chicago Bears. <coughs> or if we do have pass rushers, we just let them go. <laughs> yeah, willy-nilly. So it, it's not the hardest position to fill while it is important, but he's not helping you win games right now. Obviously, he's not helping you win games right now. Move on from it. Let him free. Exactly. If you really love him, let him go. Let him go. <laughs> um, Looking at the Panthers, too, with this um, – with the rest of this roster in free agency, to what extent do you buy with this roster or do you just let it ride? I'm buying because no one on this team is worth it. I'm going, I'm going to get at least two or three offensive linemen. I'm going to get like a Noah Brown that we were talking. A guy like that is better than Chark at this point. Mm-hmm. He's better than LaVisca Chenault. Go get him. Just like a second and third receiver for Bryce Young. I, they need a lot of help. So I'm getting all sorts of gadget guys. I'm going to draft a running back in the third, fourth round. You need a bell cow if you're going to have Bryce Young. You need a run game. He's like a he's a small statured quarterback. All small statured quarterbacks need a run game because they can't be running it because they're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Example, Kyler Murray. They haven't been able to run the ball in Arizona, so that's why he always had to run then. Not a contact knee injury. That's my opinion. Bryce can't run like he can either. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting probably more pass rush on this defense because their pass rush is not good, other than Burns. Mm-hmm. They just need a full rebuild. Like, they don't have anyone. Like, this team is terrible. Mm-hmm. I really can't even, I can't help them. It's They have to <laughs> go figure it out. They need to go hire professionals. They've been doing this for 20 years. I can't help them. Um, kind of off of that, you, you talk about how bad this roster is. And you said David Temper would fire Frank Reich, and you do think he will. Would, He's fired. Would you give him any leniency with this roster? Would you give him the Hugh Jackson treatment and give him one more year to at least try to prove himself? What What would you do? As the... He's not coming back because I don't think Frank Wright wants to be there. Frank Wright wanted C.J. Stroud. He did not want Bryce Young. Him and Josh McCown were both goo-goo-gaga over C.J. Stroud. They were telling him, hey, when you get to Charlotte, we're going to do this, this, and this. Booyah, it's going to be great. And it all looked like they were picking C.J. Stroud. For two months there, it looked like they were picking C.J. Stroud. And the last three, four weeks before the draft, Bryce Young! We're picking Bryce <laughs> Young. And C.J. Stroud would have been a much better, my opinion, because he's bigger, he can move as well. And then especially in retrospect, you know, look at what he's done that, so far this season. And he just has so much more arm talent. Mm-hmm. You don't have great receivers. 
So you need a guy that just has immaculate arm talent and just put it in the right spot every time. Like, I'll go back to this, but that throw that he had to Tank Dell on the sideline against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that was the best throw I've ever seen in my life. I played college football. I've been playing football all my life, watching football all my life. I've watched a lot of good quarterbacks. I watched a guy, I played against a guy that went to the NFL for a couple weeks. That was the best, like, it literally looked like a, you ever play like a video game, right? Remember when you used to play Angry Birds? And you can get the the thing that shows you exactly where it's going to go? Uh-huh. It's basically like he did that. <laughs> he has two or three of those a game where I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I, I like Stroud more as a player than Bryce Young, but I can tell that Frank Wright is irritated. He didn't want Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. He wants to go. Do you think Frank Reich gets another head coaching shot in the next five years? No. I don't think so. I don't think he wants to be a head coach at this point. His <laughs> tenure in Indy ended in a rough way. This isn't going any better. <laughs> I think he's just content with being a coordinator. Maybe he'll go broadcast for a little bit, then get back into it. That's what I would do if I were him. Mm-hmm. I don't, he's not getting, you're not getting You're not getting the third time's a charm. You're not getting I'm surprised he got this one as quickly as he did. Yeah. You only, when it comes to head coaching in the NFL, you really only get one chance. And then really, it's all you should get. Because mm-hmm. if you end up being real, all the guys that failed and then got second chances, like <laughs> Josh McDaniels is the world. We will talk about him and the Raiders a little bit later. Guys like that, the Romeo Crennels of the world, they just don't have it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for Frank Reich. Yeah, I do, yeah. It, I think he's a good coach. In comparison to Josh McDaniels, like we were saying, Josh McDaniels brought everything upon himself. Yeah, he was just a Frank Reich buckle. has just been shoved into situations where he gets blamed. Yeah, he lost Andrew. He would have won Super Bowls with Andrew Luck. Yeah, and that was not his fault. They were still competitive after that too. They still found ways to. They be shouldn't good have fired teams. him in the middle of the season like that. He didn't even deserve. That was that. unfair. They weren't even like bad enough for him to get fired. That that team went out and won a game with Jeff Saturday and it wasn't because of Jeff Saturday. That's all I got. They say. didn't win the. Oh, by the end of the season, that was the worst team in the league by yeah. far. They were way worse than but us. They, and but they chose Houston. to be the worst team in the league at that point. That was their choice. They made a conscious decision that we're done for the season. Just shut it down. If they wanted to compete, if that team was healthy to compete, they would have still been playing, not good football, but competitive football. Yeah. And that's not on Frank Reich. Like that, that downfall of that team was not on him. And then you look at this Panthers team, and yes, going into the season, a lot of us had these kind of rose-colored glasses with them. And it was kind of the same thing with the Chicago Bears. And then when you start watching them play football, you're like, oh, I see why they're so bad. Yeah. I totally get it. I totally understand. This is not a team that's better than their record, supposedly. No. This team is terrible. It's awful. And he's going to get blamed for it. You know, and maybe not in the next five years, but I think this guy, I'm I'm not on the same wavelength as you. I, I think people deserve second chances. And a guy like him, I think a guy like him deserves a third chance. Somewhere. Some team will give him a third chance. It'll take a while. It'll take a little bit. It won't be five years, for sure. You know, next five years, probably not. But in the next ten years, if he's still around, he's still willing to head coach a team, some team's going to give him a shot. I think it's I think it's deserved. <coughs> we got a little bit of time left here before we're going to take a quick break. 
Let's talk about our next team for a little while. Let's just talk about what their season has looked like, and then when we come back from the break, we can talk about some changes for this team. The New England Patriots. They are a cold 2-8 right now. Uh, They look like they have probably the worst offense in the league. What is the biggest issue with this team? Just their overall lack of talent. I mean, they don't have a single receiver. Their offensive line is a hodgepodge of leftovers, late-round picks, small school guys, and God knows what else. Maybe they found some big guys at a gas station like they used to do during the scab era in the 80s. That's basically what this team is to me. A bunch of cast-offs. Spare... They used to work when they had Brady and some little better talent. Now they're just cast off, spare parts. It's like money ball, but in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They just don't have any talent. Bill Belichick's the worst GM I've ever seen. I mean, they're just bad. Mm-hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts. They don't, at this point, they don't have a quarterback. Mac Jones, just, whenever he does get protection or whatever, he, like that play against the Colts, where he just underthrew it by 10 yards. Mm-hmm. They just need a complete overhaul and rebuild. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you mentioned Tom Brady because Tom Brady today, there was a quote that came out where he had talked about how a lot of the NFL is very mediocre right now, how the league is not as good as it used to be. Do you think that was him subconsciously talking to the Patriots themselves? And what do you think, you know, if Tom Brady were the GM, what would he say about this team? Directly. He would exactly say that. I think he was really talking about the Patriots. It's like, okay, you thought I was the issue, I was this. They've been a bad organization ever since they left. They went 7-9-2020, had one of the worst offense, passing offenses ever. 2021, okay, they looked kind of good there for a second, and they fizzled out at the end of the year. Got absolutely smacked in that first-round playoff game. I mean, Mitch Trubisky got into the game. And because of that, <laughs> I had like four tequila shots and passed out. <laughs> That's how bad that performance was. Last year, they were just a mess. They went 8-9, and nine, were competitive, but they were a mess. Mm-hmm. Like that Raiders game where they lose on the... <laughs> I still don't understand what they were trying to do. Like, why would you run it there if you just complete a pass out of bounds you kick a field goal and win the game? <laughs> but you decide to run it, and then you start lateraling it for no reason, and then you just throw it right to Chandler Jones Ooh. before he lost his mind. He might have lost his mind at that point, too, so... <laughs> Those Vegas drugs just hit different. <laughs> there's there was that. And then you had Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling your offense, even though they're both special teams coach and defensive coordinators. And the one time Matt Patricia did coach an offense, he was an O line coach. And Joe Judge was I guess he was like a receivers coach in college. Mm-hmm. So that's who you had to tutor your second year quarterback with less than adequate weapons around him. Then you compound that by getting Bill O'Brien, who underperformed at University of Alabama, got booted from the Texans for similar reasons to Bill Belichick, and then is now running his 2010 offense with the uh, Patriots. Mm-hmm. It's just a mess. It it really is. Like Ezekiel Elliott, like is like their leading, almost their leading rusher. He's washed. They're, Kendrick Bourne is still their leading receiver. I believe he's missed the last two games. Mm-hmm. Other than that's Demario Douglas. Uh, they're still paying Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. And Devontae Parker, who's on a big deal from the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Who has a 
Sterling, 15 catches for 158 yards this year, no touchdowns. And right under him is Juju Smith-Schuster. And then you spend a second-round pick on Tyquan Thornton, who everyone had a sixth-round grade on. And when I saw him get picked in the second round, I was like, what? You guys cremate about that. I was kind of agitated about it. <laughs> then you got guys who I don't even know who's still in the league, like Ty Montgomery and Jalen Rieger and uh, Juju at this point. Mm-hmm. Juju had a career renaissance last year with the Chiefs and has a now we'll be looking at a full time career as a streamer after this. <laughs> I mean, I look at this wide receiver group, and before the season, I would say none of these guys really had any talent. And then after this season, <laughs> you really don't have any talent. Well, yeah, well, I, don't, I would give some credit to Kendrick Bourne, what he was able to do with yeah. the quarterback play he had gotten for the first part of the season. But then he gets hurt because he's the only person they can throw the ball to, and he's constantly on the field. He's not built for that. And he then, hasn't been built for like that for his career. On defense, other than Judon, you have no talent. Like, I don't know. Like, Jawan Bentley, he was, like, cut by two or three different teams. Kyle Duggar was their second. He's pretty good. Duggar's good. I mean, I mean, okay, I wouldn't say this defense has no talent. I think this defense is just – Plagued by an awful offense. That they got like, you know, Lawrence I, Guy and Anthony Jennings. But I, but you have to your point, Kyle Duggar. You have Jawan Bentley. You have Jabril Peppers. Devon Godchow isn't awful. He's not really like a great player, but he's a guy that gets contracts every year. He's going to be a guy that's in a rotation on a D line. You know, Christian Barmore has proved in the past that he could be effective. You're, you're looking at Mac Wilson as a guy that I think you know. Should get more of a chance. He's kind of gone far enough in his career that maybe he's proved that he doesn't deserve another yeah, chance. Jalen Mills is washed. But there, there's pieces on this defense that a lot Christian of other... Gonzalez is solid. Yeah, there's pieces on, pieces on this team that a lot of other teams would be will it, very happy to give a shot on their yeah, defense. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think when you have an offense playing as awful as they are, a head coach who doesn't really look like he cares anymore, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, he wants to go... Yeah. He's gone. What? And we'll talk about that after the break. But, you know, this defense isn't given any favors. Nope. They're forced out there. Not so, of course, they're going to look bad. You know, you can't you can't constantly keep doing that. Trust me and you played three years, four years, five yeah. years here with the Elmhurst Blue Jays where we did the same exact thing. Bryce Gable is going to heaven. <laughs> you know, that those defenses played their butts off. But the, when your offense can't help them out at all, they're going to give up 40 points a game. That's just how it is. Yeah. Don't and the doubt. Patriots aren't much better. You know, you can't you can't keep forcing these guys in this position. If you if you took a little more time off the clock on offense, maybe this defense is better. They're trying their hardest out there, man. <laughs> They're trying very hard. <laughs> but when the O line can't give Mac Jones any time, and then when Mac Jones does get time and throws a pick <laughs> ten yards short of the and actual receiver. Darian Lowe at left tackle. Last time I heard his name was when he ran his forty at the combine. I was watching it on TV. <laughs> Exactly. You got Cole Strange. You got that Siku Satu guy from Michigan State. Or not Michigan State. Eastern Michigan. <laughs> Andrews is like, he's been concussed so many times that he's just washed. <laughs> he probably doesn't even know where he is at this They point. asked him a question. He's like, oh, well, I just play football. Uh, I don't really do anything else. So you're going to have to ask a different question. And I was like, whoa, CT is real. <laughs> Trent Brown played like two games and then just said, eh. Which is what he does every season. I love Trent Brown. I think he could be so good, but he's just so lazy. Yeah. So, yeah. It's rough. You know, Cole Strange wearing like that 
face mask with like the single bar going down. <laughs> Everyone thought he was like a fourth round pick. They picked him in the first round. <laughs> he probably should have been a fourth. Should have been a fourth round. He's classic. like two hundred and ninety pounds. Classic Belichick. Everyone was saying class. that he should be a center, but they play him at left guard. Belichick masterclass. They drafted a kicker and a punter. I don't even think they used the kicker. <laughs> Belichick masterclass. Um, yeah, with, Bill Belichick as a GM is relegated. With what we have seen as a dumpster fire of a team this year, do you see this team ever really getting back to the success they had? And if so, we're never going to replicate that. They they were the best team for the league for twenty years. They won six Super Bowls. They went to nine. You're not replicating that. They could be a decent team. They'll go back to what they were before Brady back in the 80s, 90s. They'll okay, make playoffs here and there. Miami is the best team in the division. That's how, what's going to happen. How long do you see that rebuild taking for a team like this? When does this team get back to competitive at least? By 2025. It's not going to be next year. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably draft a rookie quarterback, have to redo the whole roster, and then 2025 they'll be – Maybe they sneak in 2026. Yeah. So We'll see. When we come back, we'll talk about what we think they should do this offseason. But before that, we got a couple messages and a quick song. So we will be right back, guys. We'll be right back with the BJB Show on WRSU. Welcome back. How's everybody doing? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio, and you're listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys Show. If you guys missed out on the first half of this episode, we talked to the Chicago Bears, and then we gave you guys a rundown of what we think they should do this offseason. We also talked about the Carolina Panthers, same deal, what we think they should be doing this offseason, and we were just giving you guys a rundown of what the New England Patriots are doing currently this season. So let's talk about what should happen with them in the offseason. The number one thing on my list for the New England Patriots is to accept that Bill Belichick is gone. Who's next? What's next? What's happening in the front offices of the New England Patriots this offseason, exactly? Personally, I'm moving on from Bill Belichick as head coach and GM. Uh, I'm going to get a young, just basically the opposite. I'm getting a Ben Johnson. I'll maybe uh, someone from the Vikings. There was an offensive coordinator that was pretty sought after. Someone like that. Just young, offensive minded, just completely different. I'm getting I'm going out and I'm getting an actual GM. I'm not promoting someone from in house. I'm going out and I'm getting someone. Uh, just complete overhaul, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You had mentioned a guy like Ben Johnson. When we were talking about the Chicago Bears, we were saying that maybe they should lead more towards guys with head coach experience. Do you think like a team like, like the New England Patriots, who haven't really had any change in the past 20 years like you had mentioned, should they go more of a younger, newer route and yes. try to flip the script? This whole Patriot way, that whole, that's done. It fa- it's failed everywhere else. Players are it's too much of a player-oriented league for that now. That worked when you had Brady and you're winning every year. As soon as there's a little drop-off, no one's going to deal with the no media, no fun, no this, no that type of mentality. That's over. So you just need a whole reset. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To, to your point, the Patriot way only works when Tom Brady's there, if yeah. we're being honest. Because yeah. players are willing to put up with that because you're playing with a guy like Tom Brady. When you're playing with Mac Jones, you yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. None at all. Talking about Mac Jones, 
What's next at quarterback for this team? Because it's not Mac Jones. It's not Bailey Zapp. It'll be Drake May. I think they go Drake May. What What do you like about Drake May going to a team like this? He's just – you go from a guy like Mac, who is not very athletically gifted, not the most talented. You go to a guy like Drake May, who's you know, 6'5", 240, can run, has a cannon of an arm, just can go make some out of nothing, big guy, just completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, More experienced than Mac Jones coming out of college. Mac only started really one year. Just completely different. Mm-hmm. And then kind of going off what we were talking about with the Panthers, what what pieces on this team that are already there would you keep around that could still be beneficial to a guy like Drake May? And then what pieces do you get rid of? What pieces are gone after There's no season? pieces on offense. There's none. Maybe Cole Strange because he's a first-round pick. I'm not even going to say Kendrick Bourne because he's like 30 and he's going to be coming off an ACL. Yeah, and he's going to so, be asking for a bigger contract because he played well this season. Full, full rebuild on offense. Defensively, you got Judon, you got Duggar, Barmore, guys like that. Obviously, Gonzalez. Those guys are all worth keeping around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of going back to the talking about the Carolina Panthers, with what we've seen happen with Bryce Young's development so far this season, do you think they are a shining example of maybe – skipping on quarterback this year and building up the rest of the team before you get a quarterback? <coughs> or do you just go quarterback no matter what? I mean, either way, you need to build up the roster. But I think this is the year where you're going to be bad enough to actually get a good quarterback. So you don't want to be stuck in quarterback purgatory for decades like all these other teams. <laughs> Trust me, we know you don't want to be stuck in quarterback so, purgatory. They'll have the cap space. They're not paying anybody. They'll have the cap space to build it up. They'll have high picks. Maybe trade a couple guys, and then they'll have all the capital they need to fully rebuild the team. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they will have all the capital, like you said, they'll make trades. They're going into this offseason with about $100 million to spend, which is absurd. That's yes. Bears-level money this past season. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see them kind of along with the lines of getting a new head coach that kind of flips the script? Do they flip the script of the Patriots' way and just start – Going all in, try I, to get as much as you can. I think they do. It doesn't work anymore. It hasn't worked in, since 2019. They really weren't even good in 2019. And you look at the other teams in the league that follow that same path, the Packers, oh. the Steelers. Yeah. They haven't been doing too great these past Packers, games. you know, when they don't have Aaron Rodgers, not looking good. Steelers have been very mediocre the last five years now. Uh, Really six years. Since 2017, they really, after that year, they haven't been special at all. It's, plus the Patriots are the extreme versions of those. So that's done. Robert Kraft, I'm sorry. You got to start, stop spending your money on massages and start spending <laughs> it on players. That's how it has to be now. Uh-huh. But they need to go out, they need to spend money. And do it wisely, not giving Janu Smith and Hunter Henry $40 million <laughs> apiece and, like, they signed Aguilar and Bourne a big like why would if you're gonna spend why do you get those guys? When, when there's just better guys on the market. Like <sighs> with that That was Belichick. It had to be. So now you're the GM. Who are you signing this offseason then with that money? Who who are you going after? Are you looking at at the top end talent? Or are you just loading up on as much talent as you can get? What I'm getting we- as much talent as I can because we're just talentless at this point. I mean, we look at free agency here. I mean, 
I wouldn't mind. Eh, Kirk Cousins is too old. Offensively, I mean, there's not a it's not a very attractive field at the moment. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting a bell cow like Josh Jacobs, still very young. I'd get a Tyler Boyd. Uh, defensively, you know, maybe a guy like you know there was Jerome Baker, Dory Jackson. I'd get a Okudia, young guy. Seitler's uh, too old to me. I'd get Connor Williams. They need they'll need a center. I think this is Andrews' last year. Uh, and Connor Williams started off a little slow, but <coughs> every year he's been in the league so far, he's gotten better. better. Yeah, he's a true center now. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. he's really he's really slid into that center role. Um, you know, I'm also like you're talking about young guys. There's guys like Devin White out there who are have talent, have proven they have yeah. talent. And, you know, may have slowed down the, these past couple of years. But you look at a guy like Leighton Vander Esch, for an example, where he started out really hot, slowed down, yeah. and then this year he's having a comeback year. He's looked awesome this yeah, year once they, they gave him the contract. Yeah, his neck. Yeah. But, you know, before the neck injury. Yeah, looking very good, looked. yeah. So you could maybe get a guy like Devin Wayne and have that same kind of trajectory at that middle linebacker position. The only thing that I'd be worried about is you can load up on as much talent as you want. You have to make it work, though. Yeah. So you have to find that head coach first, and you have to figure out what their plan is before even, you start getting talent. Say you, you you don't want to even abandon the whole Patriot. Go get Brian Flores. Bring him back home. Mm-hmm. Tell me they have a good defense now. Tell me Brian Flores and all, everything that he does, get more talent. They can't have a top-five defense next year. Mm-hmm. They already have a solid defense right now. Mm-hmm. And to your Brian Flores has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. After those those Miami years, that's oh, – whew. He's got. He will give Tua hell. (laughs) He hates Tua. He hates Tua. It's like how much Satan hates Jesus. Like he hates Tua with a passion. When the Steelers played the Dolphins last year, he didn't even look at Tua. Tua tried to go over there to shake his hand. He didn't even look at him. (laughs) He hates Tua. It would be nuts. That would definitely be the Patriots signing. And I, and to you saying that if they wanted to stick with the Patriots way, I don't think Brian Flores brings in that Patriots way. Yeah, so. but it's like a the same legacy. It's like the new yeah. updated version, the better version. Exactly. Where it's still disciplined and a team first mentality, but you also still have to think about you need star players in today's league. You can't just have a solid defense and then yeah. have your offense you carry. Need guys. You need you need stars. That's how it works. So I think they'll be able to do that this offseason if they get a guy like that. Are there any other head coaching candidates that you would really like beyond Brian Flores? For a young offensive guy, Ben Johnson. Beyond those guys that uh, I think every team's going to be looking at. This is not looking for a head coach. Let's see. I mean, Matt, Matt Canada is a free agent. <laughs> A sterling offensive coordinator. <laughs> um, I mean, who's like a hot young coach right now? That's like all I've heard is Flores and Ben Johnson. Yeah. So I need to kind of do more research, really. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind another. Um, oh, Steve Wilkes. Want to go defensive? Mm-hmm. You know, he really he he led that Panthers team. Just almost the same roster, maybe even worse last year, mm. to six and six, one game out of the playoffs. I'd go get Steve Wilkes. Uh, there's always Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I 
think Harbaugh would like that challenge of getting the Patriots back to their former glory. Um, if the Raiders <laughs> happen to pull a Rich Basaccia situation, would you give Antonio Pierce a shot? I need to see how the rest of the season unfolds. But through three games, yeah, I like what he's done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were neck and neck with the Dolphins, you know, 48 hours ago. And he, I think as a head coach and the Raiders, will again, we'll talk about them, but he's breathed new life into that oh, team. Oh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me that team has five wins. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. That team is so bad, mm-hmm. and they have five wins. <laughs> um, and with the Bengals getting hurt, the Jets are done. The Raiders might make the playoffs. Which would be insane. The Steelers are done. That that was a back, backbreaker of a game against the Browns. They need to bench Kenny Pickett so bad. But the Raiders might legitimately make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think there's options out there for this New England team. I don't think any head coach would pass up at least an interview with this team. Yeah. You know, you think about who the Patriots are. And what they have been able to do, even these past couple of years, you know, they've been points where they've still been competitive, yeah. made playoffs. Boston's games. a great sports town. You know, anybody would love to go coach that team. So I think they're going to have their options. Let's move on to our next team, staying on the East Coast, staying with another red, white, and blue team, uh, the New York Giants. Uh, a disastrous season, to say the least, for them. Yep, so far. we thought they were going to be contenders. This is the first team we've talked about that going into the season. The expectations were sky high. Mm-hmm. I thought this is a team that could challenge the Eagles for the division. Mm-hmm. You know, 10-6, won a playoff game last year, added a lot of talent. And it's been rough. Other than, you know, Tony Soprano playing a hell of a game yesterday. Uh-huh. It's been rough. That was the, really the only bright spot of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at this team, the whole Daniel Jones situation that unfolded this season. And we've talked about it a couple times so far uh during the show this year, how much do you regret that deal? And what is the future of Daniel Jones with this team now that the season has gone the way it has gone? The that injuries have tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he even going to be able to run after? If he can't run after this, it's <laughs> you already have a guy that struggles to throw the ball. It kind of his running kind of took the edge off it. Mm-hmm. Now it's now he's. That's like, that's rough, and he's you're gonna be paying him forty million a year, mm-hmm. um, and Saquon's a free agent, and he's the only good player on your offense. And he's still good. Mm-hmm. Looking at this offense, how much, if you had to break it down into a pie chart, what percentage would you give the failure at the beginning of the season to Daniel Jones? What percentage would you give it to the coaching staff? What percentage would you give it to the offensive line? It's the offensive <laughs> line. It really. <laughs> Dable's a good coach. He hasn't really been calling plays as much, so Mike Kafka isn't as good. So I'll give I'll put some blame on Mike Kafka, about ten percent. Daniel Jones, I'll give him fifteen percent, and seventy five percent is on that offensive line. That's the worst offensive line I've ever seen. <laughs> it's worse than it's worse than the Panthers. Like you got Bredenson. Bredenson doesn't want to play ball. He wants to go sit in the house and watch cartoons. He doesn't want to play football. Now, Andrew Thomas has been out the whole year. He's supposed to come back every week, and that doesn't happen. They got that Bradford guy who we we both feel the same about Bradford. <laughs> or the number sixty at right tackle. I don't even know who he is. I don't. If I don't <laughs> like, know who he is, it's like it's the rough. tenth player they've had at right tackle this season. Too. Evan Neal is 
I would cut him personally. He's that bad. He's like a Isaiah Wilson type tackle bust. Mm-hmm. What well, Schmitz with, has been hurt. Going with Evan Neal. What what happened? He what? has no technique. All these Bama guys coming to the NFL. It's been like this for a decade now. They have all the size and athleticism. They have no technique. We can go back to the Chance Warmacks, the DJ Flukers, you know, the Barrett Jones, and then you go to Evan Neal, you go to a Alex Leatherwood. They just don't have technique. Mm-hmm. You look at Neal, you're like, whoa, 6'7", 350, basically has abs, arms that are like the size of my thigh, biceps. It's like, wow, he's going to be a beast. Mm-hmm. And you just watch him. He's like the softest, like plays high, no pad level, no feet driving, leaning. It's like, oh, like I feel like I could like bull rush him. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you see any promise for him in the future? Do you see what why you had said that none of these offensive linemen and specifically offensive tackles coming out of Alabama really have technique? Is that an issue with Alabama, the way that they breed offensive linemen? Is that just an issue with the team being too good all the time and these guys never really learn how to be good I'd offensive say, linemen? They always get the top recruits. When it comes to being a high school linebacker, all you need is size and athleticism. Because you're going against, you know, 180-pound Alex Hackley, someone like that. It's easy to – there's that, and then they're up by 40 every game, so that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. I think it's just – it's at this point, it's got to be coaching. Like, I wouldn't touch Alabama offensive line with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Do you see a future, and not even just like Evan Neal, but what what makes it so difficult – between the Alabama coaching, so the, that's not great. But why can't NFL coaches turn these talented players into talented NFL offensive linemen? What is what is the issue between that communication between college and the NFL for these guys? It's just a different game. I mean, the NFL, any little weakness gets exacerbated. You know, you can get away with stuff in college. We got away with stuff. You can't do that in the NFL. They're too good. You're not going against, you know, Vanderbilt. You're not going against... Arkansas Pine Bluff, you know, you're going against in a Ohio State every week in the NFL. Mm-hmm. As Urban Meyer said on the sideline of that one game, mm-hmm. it's just different. I mean, to, to your point, the worst teams in the league are the best teams in college football. Yeah, and oh. then that, and then Bredesen is bad. He played decent as a rookie. Don't know what happened with him. Schmitz is okay. He's just been hurt. Thomas is a good left tackle. He's just been hurt. So you get Schmitz and Thomas, and then you go find three more guys. Mm-hmm. That's what you do personally. Yeah, I mean. That's... And then you see what you have in Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Give him credit. He has more career two-touchdown pass games than Kenny Pickett. I saw that stat today. <laughs> he had three three touchdowns, 240 yards against the Commanders. Solid performance mm-hmm. for a rookie. Um, Just based off that game and what he's done so far this year, and going into the season, nobody really even expected him to play. Yeah, no one thought he'd even be on an active roster. Do you see some hope in him? Do you think he's a guy that could, even based off three games, could potentially be a, at least backup? A oh, he can be a backup, backup, yeah. He's he's an older guy. He was like a fifth or sixth year senior. He's 25 now. He's smart. I mean, he led U of I to the best season in like a decade. He's a solid guy. He's worth keeping around. Mm-hmm. He'll be your fun meme quarterback for the rest of the season. The better, much better version of the Bandinucci. 
He's much better than that. I already saw the memes about yeah. that TikTok. I already saw the Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. And like whenever he scores a touchdown, they use that Tony <laughs> Soprano. And then the, the meme is like Tony Soprano going like, oh, in the leather jacket. And he's like, hey. His touchdown celebration is the yeah. Italian hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. He's just awesome. It's just, it's fun. Hey, they have the Patriots this week, so they'll win another game this week. <laughs> Probably. Two in, a, two in a row for the 4-8 and eight Giants. 9-8, baby. Um, a lot like we had said with the Patriots, there's not really a lot to like about this roster besides a few guys. I like their defense. Personally, their defense is good. They have a solid defense. Mm-hmm. Their offense is just that bad. That's mm-hmm. all it really is. So b- beyond the offensive line, looking at that wide receiver group yeah. has been pretty disappointing. It's been season. rough. What changes do you make in that group? Are there any guys in that group that you think have talent still that can Slayton, still be useful? Hyatt. I'll discard Hodgkins at this point because he hasn't done anything this year. Uh, Sterling Shepard's washed. That Achilles really just kind of ruined it. He was never that good to begin with. He was one of the Giants players. <laughs> and then um, I'll go get a Marvin Harrison. I, at this point, I'm signing offensive linemen in free agency. Whether it was Eric Flowers, whether it was Evan Neal, they've always struggled at drafting offensive linemen. Justin Pugh is basically their best offensive lineman that they've drafted. Mm-hmm. He's back on the team after like six years. <laughs> and even he wasn't that good the first time go around. Mm-hmm. So I'm going out, I'm getting experienced alignment, I'm getting Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Um, considering that the Giants are looking at between the second and fourth pick right now with the way the Panthers have been playing. <laughs> Um, and you had said that you think the Bears should get Marvin Harrison with that pick. What would the Giants have to give up to be able to get that player if he's going to go in that first two picks? I don't think you trade up, personally. You have too many holes. Mm-hmm. You have way too many holes, personally. Uh, I would, I'd would i be fine with getting Malik Neighbors as well. Malik Neighbors technically has better stats than Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. I'm getting someone. I'm getting a front-line Wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Not, I think he can be good. He, he played good the last four games of the season, so we're going to ride with him. We trust him. No more of that. Mm-hmm. They've been saying that about Slayton for four years. They said that about Shepard all these years. They liked Hodgkins. They liked Darren Waller, which he hasn't done anything since 2020, but oh well. They need to go get some confirmed guys. Mm-hmm. Um. Looking at the free agents, and we had talked about the group before this, are the Giants a team that is looking to add veteran talent or just young, a lot of talent? Veteran. This was a team that was in win-now mode this year. They need to get back to that. Mm-hmm. They can't go 8-9, and 7-10, and, and, oh, we improved this year. That's not going to cut it for day one. Mm-hmm. So then out of those wide receiver free agents, would you take a shot at a guy like Mike Evans? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I would. That's a team where I wouldn't mind if they took a shot at him. Do you think he would want to play for a team like the Giants? Probably not. I don't think so, but mm-hmm. what else are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. What's money, they can go to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll lose half of it in taxes in New York, but <laughs> he'll get it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with the New York Giants. Like you said, I think they have a shot to be competitive if they're healthy, uh, if they can just – figure out those holes on the offense because that offense line to your point is the worst I have ever seen as well. Yeah. It's bad. Let's it's move rough. let's move on to 
our last fully bad team, the Tennessee Titans. This season has been a little bit of, you know, what we had seen in the past few seasons, that kind of downfall. It's, It's not a quick downfall like a lot of these other teams that we've talked about today. It's been kind of a slow downfall that people have been seeing happen over the past few years, and it kind of looks like they're starting to get to that rock bottom. What What's wrong with this Tennessee Titans team, and why, why aren't the stars that they have on this team providing enough? they got no offensive line, none to be seen. It's almost on the level of the Giants and Panthers. It's just a tad bit better. And they have no receivers. Aren't DeAndre Hopkins? Mm-hmm. Who do they have? They don't have a tight end either. They want Will Levis to play well. He has nothing. I think they have a quarterback of the future. I think they have, you know, still a very solid running back in Eric Henry. DeAndre Hopkins is still a 1,000-yard guy. So there is talent. Their defense is solid. They have a very good front. Uh, their secondary is fine. Defense is, if the offense was just a little better, they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. They just have no O-line, no receivers, and bad play calling. At this point, Vrabel, I'm not I'm not feeling a little iffy on Vrabel just because, like, I feel like he's a guy that needs a veteran quarterback. He can't develop. He needs a guy that knows what he's doing on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, way, <coughs> the way you talked about this team would make it seem like, you know, they could be a 500 team right now. They could. A couple plays here and there this year, they would be 500. But do, do you see what this season has become for them? as a disappointment for them, or do you think they've kind of expected this this year? I think they thought they were going to be better, but this is what we all kind of thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they thought they were going to be better, and this is what we thought they were going to be, do you see this season as a disappointment for them, or is this a step for the future? This is mind? a disappointment for them, in my opinion. I mean, they – Acted last offseason, they signed guys as if they were going to be solid this year, and they were not. Yeah. Um, look, looking at this roster, and this is something I've asked with a lot of these other teams so far, what pieces are worth keeping? What pieces are you moving on from this offseason? Offensively, obviously, Will, Will Levis. I still think Henry has a lot left in the tank, personally. If you gave him a good offensive line, he'd be leading the league in rushing right now. Tajay Spears is good. Hopkins is worth another year. He's still got enough left in the tank. Uh, a guy like Aquino Westbrook could be a good third, fourth receiver, not a number one when Hopkins is out or vice versa. Uh, off- offensive line-wise, no one really. Other than um, Skaronsky, mm-hmm. our old friend Skaronsky <laughs> that we never got. <laughs> we tried. We tried very hard. It would have been perfect, but no. Other than Skronsky, there's no one. They have a bunch of like Dillard is. Pfft, he got benched. That was a bust. Mm-hmm. They thought, hey, potentially he's big guy for Trump pick. That didn't work. I see why he was a backup all those years in Philadelphia. I see why they traded him. Brunskill, Dingle Brunskill. He's mm, Brewer. Aaron Brewer is kind of just too small for me. He just, I was a small lineman, but we're not doing that in the NFL. And then right tackle, they still have like Dennis Daly, Nicholas Petit Ferrer, who was suspended because he wanted to do betting. Gone. They need a whole new offensive line. <coughs> Defensively, obviously, you have Simmons, you have Caleb Farley, you got uh, that Aziz Alshar guy, very physical player. Harold Landry, Nico Autry are both solid. I'd resign Autry. He's still pretty good. Defense is mostly fine to me. Maybe just add a little. 
in the back end because you got rid of Bayard. Mm-hmm. Add a little bit at linebacker. Draft another D tackle with like you know a fourth round pick. You'll be fine. With almost all of these teams that we've talked about so far, we had talked about how bad their <clears throat> how bad their offensive lines have been. There are so many offensive line that are going to be going around this offseason. Which like, one of these teams ends up with the best offensive line after this year? Well, all the teams we talked about, it's got to be the Titans because at least they have a young stud in Skronsky. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is this to me, it has never been this bad this year, the offensive line play. Like, yeah, both New York teams, Carolina's offensive line is terrible. Tennessee's offensive line is terrible. The Bears aren't much better. <laughs> Steelers at times aren't very good. I like their their rookie. He's very good. James Daniels is solid, as we all know. Should have kept him at this point. Um, the Packers have been kind of a disappointing. Packers have line to rebuild year. it because Bakhtiari's done. Elkton Jenkins can't stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. Uh, f- the late round guys that have been playing well aren't playing well anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- I mean Raiders offensive line is bad. It's rough this year. For uh, Tampa Bay's all line isn't good. Honestly, basically every team but the two teams we watched play last night have not great offense lines, and both those offensive lines looked bad last those night. Those two? <laughs> Detroit? Mm-hmm. Indianapolis always finds a way to somehow. <laughs> that I give Baltimore, uh-huh. especially when they're healthy. Ronnie Stanley just is made out of glass. Yeah. He's so good when he just Cincinnati's plays. O-line is stanks. They got Joe Burrow hurt. The Browns O-line has been really good this season. Yeah, even with all the injuries, I'll give it to them. They're good. Yeah, I really can't think of another team that has a really good offensive line. Mm -hmm. Because the Vikings cannot run block. They can pass block all day, but they can't run block. Mm -hmm. We we talked about the way that Alabama develops their offensive linemen. Do you think this is an issue that spreads across college football, or is this an NFL issue? (sighs) It's an NFL issue. It's not everyone's so focused on quarterback, wide receiver, edge rusher, they forgot about the old line. That in 2022 draft wasn't the best for offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a ugh, draft. Do you like this year's draft better for offensive linemen, or is it still going to look like a eh? Well, the number one guy right now is J.C. Latham, other than Olu. Olu's number one, my bad. I like him. I don't like J.C. Latham. That offense, Alabama's offensive line can't pass block. He hasn't impressed me, in my opinion. And talk about small guys. He's not a big fella. <laughs> yeah. And then I need to do – I'm not really in draft mode right now. Mm-hmm. I need to do more research on that. I'm sure Michigan's got a couple studs coming out. The usual Big Ten offensive line. Yeah. yeah. There'll be one guy from Iowa. But but to that, even if you haven't gone into full draft mode yet, you still don't know yeah. the names of these guys. There's that no says there's no Panay Sewell. That says something. There's no yeah. There's no like whoa guy. Uh-huh. There's no Paris Johnson who struggled this year. Mm-hmm. I guess we 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 picked the right guy. Uh-huh. All right, we didn't pick Carter, <laughs> but we picked we didn't pick Paris Johnson, baby. Oh, um, <laughs> you know I, the state of college football. Is so, it's starting to become almost like the NFL. The way the contracts are, and these guys Hell getting yeah. money, and teams are so much more focused on the big name guys that I think it. Look you at Colorado. You, 
Exactly. They hey, they got the quarterback, the wide receivers. They didn't they didn't get any transfer offensive linemen that were good. And you know what Deion Sanders said to that? All right, I'll go out and buy some offensive linemen, basically. I'll get kids to come here because I'll find ways to get them money. It's just great culture, just discarding whatever players you have and just go, goodbye. And then people wonder why, myself included, wonder why why are the offensive linemen not working in the NFL? Because they don't get the same love that everybody no, else does. It's playing offensive line is like being an air conditioner. The 364 days a year when the air conditioning is working great, no one knows. The one day it breaks down, come on! Ah! <laughs> exactly. You get no praise when you do good, and you only you get pooped on when you do bad. But it, it, it's almost even worse nowadays because these teams are putting out mid-tier products, and people aren't saying anything. People are letting these te- – the Bengals are ruining Joe Burrow's career. and It's done. And they don't they don't really fully blame the offensive line. Every report I saw this week about the Bengals was talking about how the Bengals didn't put out an injury report for Joe Burrow, and that was the reason he got hurt. Not that he's been sacked 152 times in 40 games. It's awful. It's ridiculous. How How is anybody supposed to play good football when you don't have an offensive line? At least two, three guys on your offensive line need to be good for you to have a good offense. And the Bengals' O-line is bad. It's, like, worse than anything I've ever seen. Like, it, they can't do anything. And they refuse to take care of it. Everybody's worried about if they're going to re-sign T. Higgins this offseason. Yeah, they, they, they signed Orlando Brown, but they brought back the same four guys that all struggled the year before. Exactly. They spent first-round picks on Jonah Williams, who isn't good. <laughs> You know, to your I point, the Alabama offensive lineman. I, him too. I forgot about him. <laughs> I hate him. He was pre-draft process. Hey, you, I think we might put you at guard. You're only like 6'3". I'm a tackle, and if you put me at guard, I'll refuse to play for you. <laughs> All right. I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm a premier tackle prospect. Misses his rookie year. Plays bad for two years. You go out and get Orlando Brown. I want you to trade me. I'm a left tackle in this league. You'll play right tackle and like it, boy. And that's what he did. <laughs> now he's bad at right tackle. And now he's bad at right tackle. But I'm playing through injuries. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I hate Jonah Williams. Yeah. I think colleges, and again, you had said that you feel like it's more of an NFL problem. I think it goes back to the colleges. They need to start focusing on the offensive linemen more. Give them the respect that they deserve. Yeah. And I understand they're not bringing in the money the same way the other teams are, the other guys on the team are. But they're important to the success of the team. And if you allow those guys to develop in college, they'll develop faster in the NFL. Then the NFL teams who should be paying guys that, like, they don't have to worry about whether this guy's going to be good or not coming out of the league. It used to be a lot more of a sure thing if an offensive lineman was going to be good. It was... It was a big deal if an offensive lineman was a bust back in the day. Yeah, days. like Tony Mandarich and exactly. guys like that. The, we still talk about it. <laughs> exactly. That's a huge deal that those guys weren't good. Now you can have the Jonah Williams. You can have the it's Evan Neals. no big Neals. deal. Like, remember, remember when Gabe Creamy flopped and we were like, come it's on. the end of the world, dude. <laughs> Darn it. You know? He was so good at Wisconsin. Even, even guys like Charles Leno, like as recently as Charles Leno, when he flopped, that was a big issue for the Bears. Yeah, we were like, what happened to this offense? It was 2019 when we were good in 2018 and 2019. When, well, that's when it started this whole madness. Mm-hmm. That's when this whole decline of the Bears started in 2019. You know, it. these guys have to matter again for teams to actually want to compete. 
it has to be a big deal that these guys aren't good. You know, somebody has to make a fuss about it because the longer that it's an issue, the longer it's not going to get fixed. The longer that teams let it be an issue, the longer it's not going to be fixed. So some team has to come out and be like, this is what matters first. We are going to do our best scouting on offensive line. We're not just going to pick the guy that everybody says is the top guy in the draft because that hasn't worked for almost every team that's done it. Penny Sewell is the only one recently that I can really think of that's been 100% the right pick. Yes, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of the doubt. Yeah, it was a home run pick. And other than that, Detroit Lions, masterclass, real it, masterclass, not fake masterclass. They, they know what they're doing. They picked that Cody Sorsdale as a rookie this year. That late round guy dominated against the Raiders. Played well against the Bears. Filling in for Jonah Jackson. They found Jonah Jackson. Frank uh, Ragnall's them. Ragnall, Decker. All of that's them because they cared about that offensive line. And then you look at where their team's at now. And they're fantastic. They don't. They didn't need a stud quarterback. They found out that, yeah, we built the rest of this team. We can make a guy who has yeah. looked good in his career. We can make, make him, him look, look really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, you so can it's, make it's, it work. It's a crazy thing. When you build the offensive and defensive line, you suddenly have a really good football uh-huh. team. It's kind of the shame we can't do it here in Chicago. Exactly. You know, you look at teams in the past, the Rams a few years ago. They were they did basically the same thing the Lions did. They built up that offensive line, got talent on the offensive line, and said, "Hey, Matthew Stafford, you want to be great instead of just good." And they won a Come Super Bowl. Come on over here, buddy. And they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, it it matters, so, and teams need to start realizing that it matters. Yeah. Everyone thinks it was the Cooper Cups and the Jalen Ramseys that won that Super Bowl. Andrew Whitworth was the reason. It was they won Andrew the Super Bowl. Whitworth. It was the one crazy year from Brian Allen. Uh-huh. It was Donald, uh, Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd getting after the passer. Von Miller, Von Miller, before Leonard Floyd, Von Miller. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. It's that front seven, it's that offensive line. It's yes. the trenches that matter, and teams need to understand that again. I don't that, think they're really realizing that. That Sean McVay offense only works when they're able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look look at the team like the Jets, and we'll talk about some of these. Uh, Let's let's move on from the Titans and talk about some of these other teams. Actually, yeah, let's do it. There's a whole list of teams that aren't in like full rebuild mode, but are almost there. There's teams like the Raiders. There's teams like the Jets. There's teams like the Steelers that we had talked about. All these teams that need to make improvements this off season that could or could not break their next five years. Yeah. Um, looking at a team like the Jets, if Aaron Rodgers was playing this season, I don't think they are. St- they still aren't a Super Bowl contender because that offensive line. They're six can't, and six and four. The offensive line can't hold no, anything. No, they can't. They it's a lot has to do with injuries, but they didn't address the tackle position in the offseason. You knew you didn't have good tackles coming in. You had old Dwayne Brown and Mackay Becton. You knew that was going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. You have two good guards, but they're both injury prone. Mm-hmm. You don't have a center. Going into next year, I'm. I'll keep the center, Joe Tipman, you know, rookie out of Wisconsin. I think he can be good. I'm getting two tackles. Get one in draft, one in free agency. Use the first round pick on a tackle. Get JC Latham just because that's the guy right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think Olu will be around by the time he gets back because I guess the Ashwagandha is working for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to sign a guard just because I know Lakin and Elijah can't stay healthy. And then I'm gonna second, third round pick. I'm drafting a quarterback because mm-hmm. I'm I'm booting Wilson after this year, and I need a guy. I need a young guy behind Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, Go get a Bo Nix. 
how much is left in Rodgers' career based off what we've seen in his recovery process this year and how fast it's he, been? He in- probably has one more year left. He's 40. He's got one more year. Mm-hmm. He wants to give it a go for New York. Yeah. If it, if it something goes wrong next year, he's done. But yet again, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have kids. He's not married. He doesn't like it or talk to his family. So I could see him being a guy that wants to play as long as possible. So what else does he have in his life? That's, if he has it, no spouse, <laughs> no girlfriend, no kids, no relationship with his family. What else does he have? As much as I dislike Aaron Rodgers, there's nobody married to the game as much as Aaron Rodgers is. Like, because realistically, what else. is he going to do? Just go on the Pat McAfee show every day and just talk about vaccines? <laughs> what else is he going to do, realistically? <laughs> Nothing. He's going to he's going to date he's gonna some sit in a cave. <laughs> he's going to date some C or T tier uh tier list celebrity. Celebrity <laughs> and maybe go to a Bucks game cuz he part, owns partial amount of the Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. So yeah, I could see him playing maybe in our two years mm. at most. Beyond the offensive line, you had talked about what you think they should do in the rebuild there. Defense is fine. That defense is gold. What what additions do you add to then the wide receiver group, the running back group? What changes are being made in those areas of this team? Reese Hall's a good running back. He just has no offensive line. Whenever he gets just a tad bit of a hole, he's taking it twenty plus yards. When they throw him the ball when he's not behind he's the their offensive best receiver. line. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah, Garrett, Garrett Wilson's legit. He's fantastic. They just had Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. <laughs> yes, he's fantastic. He could have been a top five guy this year. He just, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You have Lazard, which when you have Rodgers will work. You got a young guy like Xavier Gibson. You know, I'd, I'd draft one in like the third round. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Would you... They should have kept Elijah Moore. Would this be a team that you would go veteran at wide receiver at all, or are you staying no, with this? No, they'd have too much money invested. I don't even think they can, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless somebody's I'm investing in the offensive line. That's what I'm doing. That's all they need. Mm-hmm. Get healthy Rodgers, offensive line. That's all they need. Mm-hmm. That's all they need. Do you think this defense is Super Bowl ready already? Do you think yes. there's any and no additions you would add to this team? No, they're, they're set at every position. And they've had a lot of injuries this year, too, mm-hmm. and a terrible offense. Terrible offense. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. War crimes. <laughs> it's bad. Let's let's talk about Zach Wilson a little bit. He's Wh- not great. He's bad, but it's not all his fault. Mm-hmm. He's he's very talented. He's played a lot better this year. But you have that offensive line, Nathaniel Hackett, what are you going to do? <laughs> it just wrong time, wrong place, wrong guy. Do you think he's a guy who gets another shot somewhere? He'll be a backup. He's talented enough to be a backup. If you put him on the 49ers, I'm not, this is no shade against Brock Purdy, but if we put him on the 49ers right now, you're telling me he wouldn't go out and play pretty well? My question with that, then, is who's better, Sam Darnold or Zach Wilson? Who you trust in out of those Jets second overall Probably face? more so Sam Darnold, but... He's solid. He deserves – he'll sit behind a couple of years, maybe get another shot eventually. Mm-hmm. He's too talented. Mm-hmm. Let's let's move from one of the best young defensive teams to a, a very good veteran defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers. What, what changes does this team need to make going forward? And the same question kind of sticks with their <coughs> defense before we talk about the atrocity that is their offense – 
Let's talk about their defense. They're not young. They got a lot of older pieces on there that yeah. are going to be moved this offseason. What changes do you make there in order to keep a competitive defense but still keep a young age? I mean, they played basically this whole year without Cameron Hayward. They drafted a Keanu Benson. They got him on Travis Adams. They drafted DeMarvin Leal. They're, they'll be fine up front. You know, Highsmith is young. Watt is still young for the most part. A little bit older young, mm-hmm. but he's still got at least three more years left in him, barring injuries. Their linebacking core is fine. I would like to kind of stabilize it, spend like a second round or maybe a little free agent guy on that because they kind of, it's been a revolving door, really, the last few years. Ever since the Shays year injury, it's been a revolving door. They had Miles Jack last year. They have Miles Jack again this year. Yeah. They just resigned him. Oh, they just, I thought yeah. he retired. You said he, he wanted did, to be an electrician. Did. And then they just resigned him. They've had Kawan Alexander. They tried it with Devin Bush. Didn't work out. It's been a, I want to stabilize it. Secondary's fine. I mean, you really don't have any name brand. I mean, Minka. Mm-hmm. You don't really have any big names, but they're fine. I mean, obviously you're going to have – Joey Porter Jr. is a good young player. He could be a guy. So you got Minka and Joey Porter Jr. You're going to have to replace Peter San Francisco because he's washed right now. Mm-hmm. You can find one in free agency, just a decent guy. They wanted Jalen Johnson, but I don't think they're going to pay Jalen Johnson. Yeah. If they did get him, that'd be a scary defense. But uh, they just to me, they need to find a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett's not the guy. I'm sorry. He's not an NFL quarterback. Do you like Kenny Pickett or Zach Wilson better? Really, what has Kenny Pickett done? Zach Wilson's more talented, but what has Kenny Pickett done? Tommy DeVito has more two touchdown pass games than him. You can blame Canada all you want, but Kenny Pickett misses a lot of throws. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of throws I'm just like, okay, if you just it was completed, but if you put it out here, it would have been a touchdown. He's not an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um do you think if Kenny Pickett was at least, you know, the fifteenth best quarterback in the league, this offense Yeah, it'd be way better. They have all those weapons. You're telling me you can't have a good offense with you got George Pickens, you got Deontay Johnson, you got that Calvin Austin, you got Allen Robinson, you got Najee Harris, you got uh Jalen Warren. Yeah, the newfound talent in You got Fryer Move, then you got the Georgia guy, Washington. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is okay. I really like Broderick Jones. He, I really like him. Um, the stat I saw with uh, Broderick Jones this week, he's like one of the best rookie offensive linemen. Yeah, he's really good. I don't know why they waited till week five so to get him long. onto the field. So long. He's him. a tremendous athlete. Mm-hmm. If you just show him what to do a little bit, he'll be fine. When you when me and you were watching him pull at Georgia when we were doing like our draft analysis. Mm-hmm. It looked like a tight end running. Like, he is athletic. That's that's the guy I honestly wanted the Bears to take. Yeah, I wanted him, too. He was just too good of an athlete to pass up, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with Darnell, but Roderick Jones is a little, little sexier than Darnell. Mm-hmm. I like James Daniels is solid. That's a solid right side for your next 10 years. Well, Daniels is a little, you know, 5'6". But for the immediate future and beyond, you're good there. And uh, he's... Never been like bad in his career. He's a guy who's very consistent, James. Yes, Daniels. he's he is what he is, but he's gonna be that for a while. And he'll stay healthy. That's a guy you want on your team for the next five years for yeah. sure. Then um, Mason Cole's okay. He mm. could do a lot worse at center for sure. Trust so, me, as, as we've <laughs> as seen, fan, we as know. we've seen, uh, Dan Moore was supposed to be replaced by Brad Jones, but. He's found a home at right tackle, so 
To me, they need a veteran quarterback. I'm giving Kirk Cousins if I'm them. Mm-hmm. I'm giving Kirk Cousins a bag. Mm-hmm. Come in here. Bring a guy from Minnesota as your offense coordinator. I'm bringing in Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I have Tomlin. Tomlin has kind of been – he's been here with Fitchner and Todd Haley. He needs to just completely give up offensive anything. Mm-hmm. I'd bring in Kirk Cousins personally. Mm-hmm. Um. My last thing I wanted to talk about with this team is that as the season has moved forward, Najee Harris is now slowly and slowly starting to get to a 50% carry mark with Jalen Warren on the other 50%. Yeah. Is Najee Harris – Is have we seen the ceiling of Najee Harris and is not going to get any better? Is yeah. Jalen Warren the future of this team? What's what's happening at they'll, the they'll, they'll both be a, They'll be a duo. They won't pick up Najee's fifth-year extension. I don't really. I mean, Najee just—he does not have a good offensive line. They gave him so many carries his first year and a half. It kind of took a toll on him. I mean, he got took a lot of hits there. And he's a bigger guy. You know, he's not as fast for the NFL. He worked in college, but not in the NFL. And then those holes—they close up fast, especially in the AFC North. <laughs> yeah, there's not many divisions like that. Where you're... Yeah, that's the Black Air Force Energy Division where <laughs> people, you know. May not make it out of the game, oh. you know. All three of those other teams in that division are going to fly at you on defense. Yes. They're, those are three of the best defensive Eesh. teams in the league. Eesh. Yeah, that's right. And you're, you're the four, one of the four best defensive teams in the league, yeah. you know. That's not an easy place to be playing running back. Yeah, you're taking it's cold weather in all those games. Mm-hmm. They just need to be – Jeremy Warren's a beast. He's a beast. I, I think he should be getting majority carries, not yeah. not 50-50 carries. Majority but it could carries. be a Tony Pollard situation where, okay, he becomes the main guy, then he's not as good as he was mm-hmm. when he was splitting when Najee was taking the hits. Yeah. I think I think part of that with the Tony Pollard situation, though, is that, that injury. I think I don't think people forget, like, Tony Pollard got seriously hurt. Yeah, it was, that was a bad sprain. In the, uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever really fully recovered from that, so I give Tony Pollard a little bit of a leeway on that. But that's that's my little sidebar there. Yeah. All right, folks, we are running up on the end of the show here. Ian is going to come in and have a great show for you guys, so stay tuned yeah, for yeah. that. He'll be starting at 10 o'clock here. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, we will be here, same time, same place, Tuesday night, 8 to 10 p.m. Stay tuned for another great week of NFL talk from the Blue Jay boys. If you missed any part of the show tonight, be sure to tune in on Spotify. We'll be putting that up right after the show. I'll post something on Instagram um, whenever I get that uploaded for you guys. And if you need any industrial plastics, go to farmplasticsupply.com. You heard the man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Blue Jays Show. You can find us on Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram.